0: And welcome to Rainy Day Diaries, an imperfect podcast that will dive headfirst into how you can thrive in your creative life and business, even if you struggle with mental wellness. I am your host, Jennifer Lynn, and as a longtime struggler of anxiety and depression myself, I hope this podcast will help you realize that you could still get stuff done when you deal with all these crazy things on a daily basis, that you're not alone, and that falling down does not mean you won't get back up again. I thank you so much for listening, and as always, if you have any suggestions or questions or topics you'd love to hear about, please email me at jenniferlin at gmail.com. Thanks, enjoy the show. So in this episode of Rainy Day Diaries, I am interviewing my artist friend, Alyssa. She is a website graphic designer. Uh, She's also a photographer, but she will tell you more about that. And uh, introduce yourself. I know I just kind of did it, but keep going.
1: (laughs) (laughs) sure, hello everyone. (laughs) My name is Alyssa. I, uh, my nickname is Lists. I usually go by uh, List to my friends. My business is The Lovely List. That was my nickname in high school, so I kind of just kept it going. But I do, like Jen said, I do graphic design, website design. I started off as a photographer, and uh, I do photography here and there, but right now I'm not really advertising it business-wise. I kind of do it more for fun, which, is good in this season of life, <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I get to work with uh, small business entrepreneurs and even aspiring entrepreneurs. I get to help them build up their brands, create logos, create social media stuff. I get to do all the fun artsy things to help them get in the digital marketing world. And I love it.
0: Yay. And then, yeah. so what did you want to be growing up? And then what's that verse, like what you're doing now, or is it similar? So this is funny. So growing up, I was a diehard, I'm going to be a
1: veterinarian kid. (laughs) I was like, this is my life goal. This is the end dream. I was obsessed with animals. And to be honest, I still am obsessed with animals. I, you know, if it were my choice, I would own, you know, probably like a ton of different critters. (laughs) But my husband wouldn't like that. (laughs) Um, For now, though, I've got chickens and a
0: dog, so that's nice. That is nice.
1: Yeah, it's great there. But yeah, when I was a kid, I was like, I'm going to be a veterinarian and nothing's going to stop me. And I would go to the library and read like these little animal ER books and, you know, animal diagnosis books, some veterinary books from the library just for fun because I thought it was so fascinating. And You know, back then, like when we were allowed to have time to watch TV, I would watch uh, on Animal Planet. They had Animal ER. I don't know if any of you guys used to watch that, but I was like obsessed with that show. And I'd be like, all right, I think I know what's going on with this animal right here. And I could kind of like tell what was going on. And that was like my dream and my passion. And then it all changed. (laughs) So when um, I I graduated from high school, I was looking for colleges. And in Florida, there actually wasn't a ton of veterinary schools when I was looking. And for some reason, I felt like I was supposed to go to UCF and they didn't have a veterinary program. So I was like, well, I really want to go to this school. They don't have what I want to do, but I feel like I'm supposed to go here. So I'll figure something else out. And that's where, that's that's literally what happened. <laughs> so I gave up the dream really quickly. <laughs> Fascinating, so it, right?
0: It Well, it's kind of weird. <laughs> like, I never thought about you. I've known you for a lot of years. <laughs> um, so, well, I only know you as this one thing, so that's so weird for me. But are, are you sad? That um, was more of a left brain life, and you have more of a right brain life. So. Isn't that funny?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it was a completely different change. And along the way, I have to say this. So, even as a kid, I've always been a little artist. Like, my parents always had me enrolled in art classes my dad gave me a film camera when I was younger. I, you know, so I always had a creative outlet. And even in high school, uh, I was doing a lot of creative stuff. Then I would do like our little billboards in the hallways and I would design stuff back then on Microsoft paint and, you know, doing clip art on word and whatnot, like cool graphic design back then. Um, (laughs) so I was doing artsy things all along, but I was never like, I can make money off of this, this is the career I'm going to pursue, because even back then, being an artist was kind of like a laughing joke thing, it was like, well, you can't make a career being an artist, so I never even considered it, I was like, veterinary school is awesome, I'll make a lot of money being a vet, (laughs) it's all good, I'll I'll kind of follow my dad's path, because my dad is a doctor, so I was like, you know, I'll I'll be in a medical field, and even though it's not with humans, it's still going to be in the medical field, (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was definitely quite the change when I was like, you know what, maybe veterinary school is not for me, maybe I'll pursue something in the arts instead.
0: So, yeah. I was literally thinking about your dad as you were just talking, because I remembered he was a doctor. hmm So that might have had a little bit to do with it, too. Yeah, I had a little bit of influence
1: there. <laughs>
0: just a little <laughs> bit. So then you kind of talked about it, but what, what were your teen years kind of like, and was there anything you specifically struggled with or hardships you dealt with as a teen? So, as a teen, I this is funny. Well, I guess
1: because the whole artist thing, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna walk to the beat of my own drum. I don't want to be like anybody else. And I went to a private Christian school at this time in my teen years, and so we had to wear uniforms, but I hated the uniforms. I was like, this is so stupid. Everyone looks the same. So, I would always kind of like, flare up. I would wear, you know, safety pins across like my, my belt and my clothing. I would make these really cool designs out of safety pins and I would stitch things together and I would try to put patches where I could. And, you know, I would wear like these funny cheesy pins on my bag and I would try whatever I could to kind of be a little different, a little bit more edgy at, you know, a Christian school. And so my teen years, I was very punk rock, I guess emo and goth, like I loved wearing black everything, black lipstick, black nail polish, black (laughs) eyeshadow, eyeliner, like whatever I could do to my appearance outside of wearing the uniform, I did to be different. And because of that, I was bullied a lot. And that was probably the biggest struggle I had as a teenager was the bullying. And it was surprising because it was at a private Christian school, you know, that's, you don't expect stuff like that to happen at a school and it's a great school you know like i had a great time overall but those years and those i'll have to say my middle school years were the worst that's where i got bullied the most by uh classmates and you know being called all these names and yeah i didn't have um a lot of friends then and I would be bullied for, like, not only my clothing, but my appearance, you know, my hair and, you know, my weight and all the guys. would. I was very tomboyish, so all the guys would make fun of me for having more of, like, a tomboy appearance to myself. And it really dug deep. It really, I started to take that upon myself and be like, well, no one really likes me. Nobody values me. Uh, I'm trying to do my own thing, and no one likes me whatsoever. No one even wants to talk to me. People are just being in front of me. What's the point? Okay. So because of all the bullying I did, it, I really took all that stuff to heart. And I feel like a lot of creatives tend to be very, I guess, um, they're, they're really strong with their feelings, and their emotions. Right. And so we tend to take things really, 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 really personally. <laughs> and, uh, so that's what happened to me. And it got to the point where I got really depressed. And my parents didn't really know it. I didn't really show it that often. But I started getting a little bit more rebellious. So uh, I would skip church to go, you know, smoke with my friends. And, you know, I would be cursing all the time. And I was just, like, not into life whatsoever. I was like, what's the point? This is stupid. And so it eventually got to the point where I wanted to kill myself. And this was probably right before my freshman year of high school. I was like, you know what? I'm done. This is it. Whatever. No one likes me. I just can't do this anymore. So I had written out like a suicide note. I I didn't really have a lot of friends then, so I didn't. And texting wasn't really a big thing then. You know, it's crazy to look like now at how teens communicate with each other compared to you know back then, but. It's not like I could have posted on social media or sent out a text or something. I just wrote a note and I was ready to to kill myself. And I had been a cutter for a little while and I would find creative ways to, you know, hide the cuts from my wrists and whatnot. So nobody would ask about it. But uh, yeah, so I was going to kill myself. And at that moment, it was, I was kind of like, you know what, this is it. I've been raised in a Christian school. I've been raised to believe in a God. And if this God is real, I want this to happen right now. Like I want to know that I've got a purpose right now. And essentially that's what happened in that moment. It was this crazy, overwhelming feeling of like, you're not done. You have a bigger purpose. You don't see it yet, but your story isn't over. You are going to impact the lives of others. And It was just like this overwhelming feeling. And so for me, you know, it's a huge part of my faith. For other people, you know, say the universe or whatever sent this sign. Um, But that is what drastically changed things for me. So I went from being this outcast, hated, bullied, little teenage girl, you know, (laughs) in the corner. And after that moment of, I guess, just sitting in the silence and hearing that I decided, you know what, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to try to block all these negative words and things that are coming at me and try to make the most of my life. And so shortly after that, I went and joined a lot of different school organizations that really I had no desire to do in the beginning, <laughs> but I was trying to get my little introverted self out of its shell. And I was, so I joined all these clubs joined marching band Uh, I did color guard uh, and eventually I ended up being the school president later down the road because I just decided you know what I'm gonna throw myself out there and people are eventually going to accept me for who I am and I don't need to change who I am I just need to be confident in that and walk in that and trust that I can empower people and so it was a crazy shift (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that is like 360. And since I only know Alyssa, I was like, Alyssa knows everybody. <laughs> like, I'll be in like North Dakota and be like, you know Alyssa. <laughs> so like, so that's uh, the person I know. So that's, uh, it is like a super 360. It's a super 360. It.
1: Yeah. A <laughs> lot of people are surprised when I tell them that when I'm like, yeah, I tried to kill myself and I really hated Everyone and everything, and
0: now I love people. <laughs> and your parents weren't aware at all of like, I don't think they were. I, I, you
1: know, I haven't really ever talked to them about that stage of my life, to be completely honest. And so I don't. I, I think they knew I was a little different, just from like the way I would dress and you know, like I always loved the punk rock clothing and ripped up clothing and like the Hot Topic sort of like attire, you know, when I was in middle school and high school. And my mom, I love her, you know, she's total diva. She loves, you know, higher fashion and nicer things. And she's always, you know, encouraging me to dress up nicer. But as a kid, I was like, no, I'm a tomboy, you know, I want to dress like this. And so, like, they already kind of knew something was up, but I think it didn't hit until the suicide note happened. And Did they see it? They were aware of that. Yeah, they saw that. So that that's when they became aware of the situation, and from that point on, they were really intentional about investing more in me, making sure that they're asking me questions when I come home from school, and they're talking about what my day was like at school, and is anyone giving me any issues, and... They're, they began to cater more into my emotions, which was really critical and necessary for the rest of my growth, in my teen years.
0: That's awesome, and a blessing in <laughs> itself. Like, it didn't have to go that way. It could have went so many other ways. I'm mm-hmm. happy. <laughs> I'm happy too. <laughs> so is there anything else? I know you talked about a little bit about your parents and about God. And so is there anything or anyone else that specifically helped you get through a hard time or has helped you get through a hard time now? Uh, so from
1: that moment with my parents, Faith and all that sort of stuff, um, friends were really, really critical. So I, by getting plugged into more groups in school, I started to make more friends. And I had my little, my little circle at the school, you know? And so I had this group of friends I absolutely loved and they would pour into me and same with, you know, I went to church back then. So I had my group of church friends, my, my color guard friends, and then like all these little group, you know, school group friends. And so eventually I was becoming friends with all these little groups in our school. (laughs) So having community was super essential for for growth and for, um, I've always been introverted. And so sometimes meeting new people like really, really scares me. And back then it really, really scared me, but it was one of those things where I was like, I knew I had to kind of take a step out and just try it and see what happens. And so now like I even encourage anyone, like if you don't have that core group of people in your life, like just go out there and try to meet people and try to find those friends that you just they're, you know, they're your ride or die friends. Like, Cause it makes all the difference. So I had that group. And then like I mentioned before, like that school, I had the most amazing teachers who were super, super supportive and they really invested in their students. So in high school I had some great teachers that were definitely like pouring into me and super thankful for them. And I would, you know, try to try to hang out with them and get encouragement and wisdom from them and whatnot. And so I really have them to thank too. But yeah, it was a good mix of like parents, friends, teachers, finding people to look up to. <laughs> no, it's amazing. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's amazing that our if I had that moment and that perspective, that shift that you had, then I'm curious what my school life could have been like. Granted, we didn't have clubs or, like, I went to a private, like, a private school, too, Um, but there weren't very many, well, maybe there were, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, like, I wonder what my life could have been like, (laughs) except I didn't really like anyone there, and there's only, like, kid in the whole class, and so I'm just, like, "Eh, I don't know, maybe I didn't (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, like our class sizes were the same way. They were like you know under sixty people, so everyone was kind of like close knit. You still had your clicks in your class, you know. But for the most part, everyone still knew each other. And, in
0: my school, yeah. everyone knew because there was only like fifty kids per class. Like you knew people, or I knew people younger and older, not necessarily personally. Yeah. Like in my school, and my school was primary. It wasn't a Jewish school, but it was like primarily Jewish mm-hmm. like and um rich snobby Jews too. Like <laughs> but um it was like ninety percent popular people in my grade and then there was like the reach the long reject table and like mm. the boy sat on one side and the girl sat on the other and so oh. I was one of the reject. And like every blue moon one of the rejects would fly over to the popular people <laughs> table. But it didn't happen that often. I don't know. <laughs> It happens. Middle school is hard. (laughs) Middle school is really
1: hard. Yeah, you know, and it's really hard. It's really awkward for people. And I wish like more people our age would be more honest about their experiences in middle school and high school. And I mean, back then, we didn't have, like I said earlier, we didn't have social media to learn this stuff. And You know, it was kind of harder to find random role model examples to look up to and whatnot. So I try to share my story now when I can because middle school is really, really, really hard. Especially now, like, I've been telling my husband. uh, So my husband, John, is, for those of you who are tuning in, uh, (laughs) he is a mental health counselor. So he works a lot with kids anywhere from the age of like 3 to 18 a lot of them are in middle school now and even some of the stories that I hear about how these kids are getting bullied they're getting bullied not only in person but also on social media stuff as well and it just blows my mind and I'm like man I my heart goes to these kids because these are tough years and I am always like it gets better I promise it gets better
0: and it's so hard because like even as an adult like if you're struggling it gets better. It's like so not the right thing, but it's also Mm -hmm. so essential. Yeah. Middle and high school is not forever. I Mm -hmm. don't know. I I don't, I don't know if I would have survived if there was an online also like, like it is today. Like like it is today. Yeah. Imagine like that sounds really (laughs) excruciating. (laughs) So how have all these experiences impacted who you are today? And then have they impacted your choices or what you do for a living? I guess not really, but how you treat people, your personality?
1: Uh, so a lot of that also changed because this was something that I thought was really, really, really cool with the high school I went to. They had, right before spring break, they required everyone to do something called a mini master. And so it was almost like, yeah, like two weeks off, but not really. <laughs> so with mini master, every student had to pick like a charitable thing to do, like a mission trip, or you would do like a local service project. So they had all these different projects that you could take part of. And so for that week, instead of focusing on school, you're focusing on going out into the community. That's and so, so at first,
0: cool. isn't that cool? So That's at first so I was like, "What you like with you now. So, all right. So see, now this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, uh, yeah. So, you know, in middle school, I was still too young to travel. So I'll, I did like the local things here and there. But in high school, you know, it was like you could go overseas if you were old enough and you could travel to another state if you're old enough. And uh, I think you had to be like 15 or something like that. And I think I was like 13 or 14 when, when Minimester, when I was allowed to do mini Minimester stuff. But anyway, so my first trip was actually after 9-11 happened. They opened up a trip to New York to do outreach for um, you know, cleaning up in New York, for doing AIDS clinic stuff. Uh, we were staying at a homeless shelter. We were just trying to serve as many people as we could after 9-11. And that is, that's where it all started, was doing these trips, and especially trips after tragedy and working with people who were dealing with these really hard, you know, situations that had just taken place. And so I went to New York a couple times after 9-11 and then I went to Guatemala and I went to the Dominican Republic. So went from stateside to uh, international and got to see more of like third world ish situations. And so from doing those trips that radically changed everything for me. I began to like, see what, you know, back then they didn't really show all these like things that happen, you know, behind the scenes. Like they didn't show you the, the kids crying in the street because they're hungry and they didn't show, you know, they showed you the beautiful parts of Guatemala and the Dominican, you know, and they didn't show like all the heavy hitting stuff. Like even after, you know, 9-11, they didn't focus on like the mental health and the trauma and the people that were homeless after it and people that, you know, they didn't tell all the gruesome stories. So I saw a lot of that stuff firsthand and it really just changed everything for me. The whole combination of that changed everything for me. And so I really began to have a heart for people uh, with those trips because at first I was like, I don't care about anyone but myself (laughs) and then after that I was like wow like there's so many people that are hurting and that are in need and we are blessed enough to have the opportunity to help them you know so uh those trips were definitely kind of like another changing point in my life and that's where the photography stuff kicked in where I was like, you know what? I can creatively tell other people these stories. I can take pictures. I can draw based off of my feelings and emotions. Um, I could find like creative ways to tell these stories. And so that's kind of like where the transition from the veterinary to the artistic stuff also happened, (laughs) (laughs) Was, was doing those trips. And taking the pictures and coming back and telling, showing people the pictures and telling them the stories and kind of expanding on that. Uh, yeah. So the, that whole mini master thing, I always encourage, I'm like, I would love to see more schools doing that because that was such a crucial thing for me. And I know like even a lot of my other friends, like, we, a lot of them are the same way where we're like, those trips radically changed our lives and I changed knew, who we are.
0: I never knew that existed. Isn't that crazy? Like, that's so nuts. <laughs> And they still
1: do it to this day. Like the school I went to, they still practice it, which is absolutely amazing uh, that they're like constantly every year sending out teenagers to do outreach and kind of get it instilled in their system, you know? So even when I went to college, I was like, all right, gotta figure out what I'm gonna do this year. Like, <laughs> what can I do today? What can I do this week? Where can I go? Like, how can I help other people? And it kind of almost became like a little healthy addiction. Like, okay, where can I serve people to my best ability? Where is that going to be best used? And
0: yeah, so I and love then, it. Did they help you process all those things? Because that's really heavy for like mm-hmm. a 15 year old to like go visit like some really tragic, heavy situations. <laughs> it's
1: like, yeah, here, here you are, one day in America, in your nice room with all this delicious food and access to clean water, and then, like, next second, it's like you're sleeping on the floor with a little blanket and eating bread and chicken and like very basic, you know, like little things. Uh, so, before the trip and after the trip, we would have meetings together. Like, hey, this is what you're going to expect you know now's your time to like run away if you don't want to do this (laughs) uh and so they kind of did like a pre-processing thing i guess you can say and then during the trip they would always make sure like how are you doing how are you feeling uh what are you learning from this and like every other night they would kind of have like little group meetings to talk about all right well what did we learn today what's something we're gonna take away from this moment so they were really intentional about making sure they heard our emotions and they heard what was going on. And they even did that after the fact too, which was awesome.
0: (laughs) That sounds amazing. Like perfectly Mm -hmm. handled.
1: Right? Yeah. They did a really good job with it.
0: Oh goodness. Oh, I got to hear like the full circle of you. And I think I've known you for nine years. I was saying
1: yeah like nine or ten years. Like a really long
0: time and even I didn't know this. So we're all learning things together (laughs) and it all makes so much sense like the start to the finish. And yeah. That's awesome. Isn't that so funny? people want to find your work or see, I haven't actually been on your website in a little while because you've transitioned. Um, <laughs> I've been
1: transitioning a lot lately. <laughs>
0: <transitioning things. laughs> but uh, where can people see a few things? I'm curious because I know you had a blog or a mm-hmm. website devoted to like your outreach photography and stories mm-hmm. and that's awesome. Or how can people reach you if they want you to help with branding or like where's the best place to find you online? So
1: the easiest place is I have one website. Uh, it is thelovelylists.com, and you can see my work on there. You can view my services on there. And then I also have a blog on there and every once in a while on the blog, I will share some stories. I'll share, uh, marketing tips. I'm writing a couple like more personal, emotional, like opinionated pieces on there. So it's really a mixed bag of like who I am. Like, like Jennifer said, I had to switch things a little bit. I had another blog that was like awesome. And then it got deleted. (laughs) Like it got hacked. And that's just like a whole other situation. Yeah, it got hacked. And like, this was before I was a website designer. Maybe this like fueled me to be a website designer, but uh, I didn't have a backup of my blog. So I lost everything. That sounds so so sad. I know it's, so, it was so sad. I was like, no. <laughs> and they wanted me to pay, like they could restore it, but they wanted me to pay like an insane amount. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'll just start over. Maybe this is like a good starting starting over point in my life so if you go to the website thelovelylist.com you'll see my a bit of my portfolio services blog stuff and then I have links to my social media on there I am active on Facebook and on Instagram the most and I'm trying to do more stuff on YouTube right now so trying to get some more educational content out there
0: yay so exciting yeah well I have seriously enjoyed our talk and I hope the people listening have as well and I super thank you for being on my show and thank you yay I love
1: you you're awesome
0: I love you you're awesome too (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you liked the episode, please subscribe, or even better, leave a review. It makes iTunes really happy and hopefully makes them share this podcast with other people, which would make me really happy. If you have any ideas for topics to cover or for people you'd like me to interview, please email me. My email address is in the show notes. And thank you again. Have a great day.